Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and we keep you up to date on trending news topics in the vegan world. Now, today's episode has been inspired by the one and only Christina Tosi. If you don't know who she is, she is a pastry chef. Um, she started in New York City and she has made a name for herself with her restaurant called Milk Bar and her cereal milk cookies and all of her amazing desserts. They're just... And crack pie and... <laughs> oh, Yes. She's just, she's goals in so many ways. So I feel like so many ways there is a, there's a new episode of this show on Netflix called the chef show. And it's a show by John Favreau, who after his movie chef, which you should definitely watch because it's one of the best, one of the best movies ever. Please watch (laughs) it. As part of that movie, he actually took like proper cooking lessons and so he and his friend Roy who was a professional chef and taught him everything he knows they started this show where they cook stuff with like famous personalities pretty much Mm -hmm. so a new season came out and the first episode featured Christina Tosi and we both watched it this weekend and just felt like I just wanted to talk about it because it was so good yeah, like every time, like she was also featured on Chef's Table, I believe. So like good. Like every time there's something with her in it, I just feel so inspired to like cook and bake and just like create things. Same. Like that, her episode of Chef's Table is, I have watched it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. Like her attitude towards food is just so infectious and so like refreshing to see like there's a lot of chefs that think like her as well but like I don't know there's just something about the approach to dessert that she has where she like will take everyday foods that people like it's not like these like fancy pants ingredients that like people can't afford to use she just uses everyday foods and makes these delicious treats with them Mm -hmm. which is like it's something they kind of so in the episode they go through like baking these three different desserts that she really likes and so as they're baking them you're learning about her process and stuff like that and that's one of the things they talk about is like the use of high and low ingredients so there's sometimes when you want to use like a good quality chocolate or something like that Mm -hmm. but then there's also like you want to use kind of those crappy classic marshmallows because they're going to give you that nostalgic that perfect flavor that you want and like even i think there's a point where they're talking about like going back to the chocolate they're talking about chocolate chips Mm -hmm. and like she's like you know semi-sweet chocolate chips and they're talking about like the quality of chocolate and she's like anyone will do because fancy chocolate makers don't make mini chocolate chips so (laughs) (laughs) i just like that she doesn't shy. like any ingredient is like fair game expensive or not expensive exactly and like the whole way that she even made her um infamous crack pie was kind of just like an experiment she did in her kitchen Mm-hmm. it's just it's such a like it's such a liberating way to view food especially baking that everyone believes is such a science and it is a science but like to be so carefree in the kitchen when you're baking things is like I feel like goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's honestly, I love when she talks about the science side of it because she's fully like, I love being a nerd about this stuff because mm-hmm. it's still interesting to her. But then she's also like, sometimes I don't always go into this much detail because like baking is kind of supposed to be that 
fun, simple, homey, joyful experience, but she also like really loves the science side of it. So even when she's like describing how baking powder and baking soda work, she's getting like so excited and animated about it. Yeah. And it's like so easy to find that stuff interesting when the person who's teaching you it is like so happy and excited and like amazed by it. Like, it's just it's so easy to watch that and I mean I love baking so it's easy for me to watch that regardless but like I imagine like it's so easy for anyone to watch that and get excited about baking because she's just so genuinely happy about it Mm -hmm. and like I seriously learned a lot I didn't know that's how baking soda and baking powder work together (laughs) (laughs) and even like she like that's the thing the episode was so fun but also filled with so much useful information like when they were troubleshooting things like recipes about like you know when the butter melts too quickly in cookies or you get these really flat cookies like what went wrong what happened there and like she's talking about creaming the butter for like most people don't cream their butter for a long enough amount of time when they're making cookies and most of the time they overwork the flour like they don't have the right ratio of when to work a dough for cookies like wow I'm learning so like I knew some of that stuff already but it's also so, like so much new information even just like the littlest thing yeah so it's like a 44 minute video maybe episode but you get so much out of it that I've watched it twice just because I was like I need to hear all of this again because I want to remember all of it and learn all of it so what was like the what was the most interesting thing you learned from it or from her at any point I guess I think like like there's so many different things that you could learn from Christina Tosi but one of the things that I think I always get out of from listening to her talk about food or um watching her cook and all that stuff is just the like freedom she has and the like lack of stress she has in the kitchen like she's not worried about making mistakes because sometimes mistakes could be delicious and like she's not worried like I don't remember what the dish was called but she was adding like brownie batter to her pie And I was like, wow, that's like such a randomly cool idea that I never would have thought of. Mm -hmm. And it's just just, like, why can't we do that? Yeah. Like, I like that she's just so carefree about breaking the rules, but also sticking to rules that she knows are there for a reason. But like, so it's just it's one of those things that just like teaches you not to take cooking and baking so seriously that you can have fun obviously there are still rules in baking that are important to follow but doesn't mean you can't get creative and fun in the kitchen yeah like I think so many people do like if you ask them cooking or baking they're like well baking is like a science so it can be really intimidating which to a certain extent like it very much can be when you read a recipe and you're like oh I have to follow this very carefully but at the same time I also kind of like that about baking it's just like okay I can follow these best practices and then like you follow those things and then you figure out the ways that you can like put your own twist on it or have a little bit more fun with it Hmm. And I think one of the things that um, I always take away from listening to Christina Tosi talk about food is taking away the like pretentiousness from it. Like I find sometimes when people make recipes, you're so in you're so like motivated to use the best quality ingredients and unique techniques and all this stuff. But she just like like her recipes are pretty basic when you look at them but they're so creative just because of what she's mixing together but like all the ingredients she uses are so common so like it's it takes to me it takes away that like I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word but I'll just say it again like the pretentiousness mm-hmm. of cooking sometimes and it doesn't like 
to me, like, I'm like, okay, I can go in and just make a really good, simple recipe that just tastes freaking delicious. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be all fancy pants or anything. Yeah, like one of her, other than the crack pie, I think one of her biggest recipes is the cereal milk stuff. And that's like such a simple and awesome thing where she just like soaks cereal in milk and then uses that milk in her baking recipes to give them that like extra depth of flavor. And that's so simple, but so smart. And I've always loved that she does that. Yeah, like it's a technique that technically you've known since childhood yeah. you eat cereal like it's not not even a technique you need to learn it's just something that like you needed to reimagine it, wow i love that you just have to reimagine it which is basically <laughs> what she does with so many things right yeah um the other thing i like that they discussed was the whole idea of like because Roy kept kind of asking, you know, where do people go wrong in their home baking? And mm-hmm. one of the things they brought up was the whole idea of weighing your ingredients. And that's something that you have put a big em- emphasis on, you know, lately in the past year, I'd say. Because yeah. even she said, like, if all three of us were to weigh a cup of flour, we would all have a different amount. Yeah, because people scoop it differently. Flowers have different density depending on the brand. Like... Because baking is such a science, like the littlest thing can cause an issue. Like before I was weighing our ingredients for our recipes, like I was doing everything by the cup and all that kind of stuff. And like even making my own recipes, I would have different results. Mm -hmm. So like weighing is one of those things that it's such an easy switch. I know it's like something it's not something most people grew up doing if you're from North America. But, like, it's such a simple switch once you get into the habit of doing it a little bit more. And it, like, usually saves dishes. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's it's such a simple switch and it makes your home, cook it, home cooking and home baking especially so much more consistent. Yeah, like, I think it can seem, I don't know, overwhelming or intimidating or unnecessary for people who didn't grow up doing it but honestly you're right it's not that much trouble you don't need a fancy scale either right you just need a simple one and it's just like taking that extra step to weigh stuff just like the same way you would measure it out you're still doing that step where you're getting the amount of the ingredient but it's just way more precise it just makes more sense yeah you're just using a different type of measurement you're still measuring something it's just in a different way um and also yeah to that point like I have a $12 kitchen scale and Mm -hmm. it's great. So, (laughs) (laughs) and even like the fact about um, how, like you mentioned having to cream the butter for that long when you're making cookies, my mind was blown by that. And like, I don't know. The one thing I was going to ask you was like, do you think that that would vary for vegan baking or does that still stand? I, from my experience, that still stands um, because, because, like the creaming of the butter you really want that butter to become emulsified with the sugar because if it you're trying to make it basically one thing so that the butter doesn't separate in the oven and it becomes this like sloppy mess of cookies um so i think i think that works for vegan baking just as well because it's still a fat like this is the thing with baking where i think people get a little nervous is that they think they need the exact thing which is not true you don't need butter to make cookies you need fat to make cookies so like you're still using a fat whether it's butter or not we're using oils in the case of vegan butter it's still a fat you still need to like emulsify it and get it mixed in and take the time to do that 
And then what about the egg? Do you think that that is a factor at all? The egg is a little different because she talked about the egg yolk helps emulsify that Mm -hmm. and make it like more homogenous. I don't know. Like, I don't know the science as much behind that, but I would think that's a little different because flax egg probably doesn't have those same qualities that an egg yolk would. Mm -hmm. Like it has the qualities of binding stuff together, but it doesn't necessarily have the emulsification because like that's what like the egg yolk is what emulsifies um, hollandaise too Mm -hmm. when you make a hollandaise sauce and you can't do that with flax eggs. So (laughs) um, I think that property where she was talking about the egg yolk helps really bring things together. Flax eggs can't really do that. I don't know if there's a vegan egg substitute that can really help doing help doing that, but the bindingness still holds true to like flax eggs versus normal eggs. Right. So maybe because like she kind of said, it's usually like 10 minutes total. But if you're using a vegan egg substitute, maybe you wouldn't need the full 10 minutes because some of that 10 minutes does go towards the regular egg. Right. Yeah, I would still recommend trying to do it like longer than you expect to do it. Like I've been um, doing that more so with our cookie recipes now where it's like a lot of mixing right at the beginning to make sure you could like it's hard to whip butter too much. Mm So I always I would always suggest going more than you think rather than less than you think, um, because you'll usually end up with a better result if you go more rather than less. Right. I mean, I think I'm one of those people who's like, oh, this is this enough? I don't I used to think that I could do it too much. But now I, I got to go make some cookies and try again. <laughs> this is the thing like there are certain areas where you can do it too much and they mentioned this in the show as well flour like you don't yeah. want to overwork flour because the more you overwork flour there's gluten in it gluten will start to develop and that's when you get like bread like cookies and no one wants that um so that's where you do a lot of the mixing before you ever add the flour in so that when you go to add the flour in, there's not a lot of mixing left it's just incorporating the flour into the mixture you've made Got it. Got it. Okay. See, I'm learning so much from both of you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I still have so like, I am not a trained pastry chef or anything close to it. This is like, these are things that I've learned from like Christina Tosi and watching cooking shows and reading books and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. but like you've even gone through the process. Like when you made our epic chocolate chip recipe, you went through like a pretty serious baking testing process where you were like really focusing in on all of those details right yeah I was doing a lot of like testing ratios testing melted butter versus not melted butter how long to whip things what temperature to bake them at I was doing like there was a point where I was making very small batches of everything where I made like six different version of versions of the same cookie in one night it was a little extreme (laughs) I don't think I could ever do that or I'm very far off from being at the point where I like try to adjust the science like that but I still have fun in customizing it my own ways sometimes yeah like you don't necessarily have to like adjust ratios to be able to customize something right you can customize something by adding let's potato chips for example of our cookies you can change things up by adding potato chips in to add a different crunch or whatever it is like you don't always have to change ratios to get creative in baking exactly and that was kind of um like something i picked up from the episode too is like you follow the science but then you find the ways that you can customize it yourself and make it your own like when she was putting the chocolate chips in the cookies i was like oh my goodness what is cat gonna think about that no cat shames <laughs> those chocolate chips but then again maybe like using chocolate chunks are like 
more your signature because you don't need yeah. to make exactly her thing and i think that got me thinking like well what is my what's my signature thing yeah i i honestly i don't think people realize this with our cookie recipes like the chocolate chip cookie recipe is like my base recipe for almost every cookie that is mm. has been made since then like i make the dough a very similar way and similar ratios and then i just change it up so like for our chocolate cookie that just came out i took out some of the flour and replaced it with cocoa powder instead mm-hmm. to make it a chocolate cookie and then i just added in a bunch of random things instead of chocolate chunks right mm-hmm. so like a lot of cookies are very similar you just have to kind of like think of different things you can add to them. Okay, so Kat, can you guess what my signature thing is? Fruit Loops? I think uh, it might be tied, but that's one of them. <laughs> Are we talking about in baking specifically? Yes, because we're not talking about buffalo sauce right now. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, so like cereal or what else? I'm trying to think of what else you've done i don't know what your other signature thing would be oh Catherine, it's sprinkles oh my god i should have known that (laughs) (laughs) i definitely should have known that oh but i mean cookies aren't the only thing they made in the episode i know we've gone on and on about cookies because (laughs) cookies are amazing but like they also made the brownie pie which you mentioned and then they made her cakes and her cakes are i love her cakes so much they're beautiful without like like i one of the things that I love, and I think it was in Chef's Table that she talked about this. And, like, she was talking about why she did, like, the naked cake. Why mm-hmm. there's no icing on the side. And she talks about how the, like, everything that's amazing about a cake is on the inside of the icing. So why would you hide it? Mm-hmm. Like, show off the amazing layers that you have instead of, like, making it this, like, surprise afterwards. And I thought that, like, view of looking at a cake was so interesting and so creative I really, really liked that. Yeah, and her doing that, she kind of like kickstarted a trend in the cake world where a lot of people started doing that. But I think she was one of the first to really like embrace that look, right? Yeah, I have no idea in the history of naked cakes. I'm sure she wasn't <laughs> the first. I'm sure she wasn't the first one to do it, but I'm sure she was one of the first ones to definitely make it very popular mm-hmm. and make people realize how cool and how beautiful a cake can still be even without I- icing. Mm-hmm. exactly i mean there's still plenty of they, they used a lot of icing in this episode when they were building those cakes oh my god yes i was like watching that and i was like oh i can't even imagine how much sugar is in every mouthful of this cake <laughs> like i love the look of it but i think if i were to recreate that which i definitely like one time we should totally make cakes that style i think that would be so fun in a video yes but i kept thinking like i don't think i would put that much icing yeah, it's it's a lot of icing because she also like she does icing and then she does um oh, the birthday she cake does a bits. filling and then the birthday cake bits, right? Yeah. And then she does more icing on top, doesn't she? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like that's so much icing. Like I appreciate it. Obviously people love it. She's like milk bar is huge and it's her signature thing is that like naked birthday cake. Mm-hmm. Um But like, I just don't, I've never had one of them because I've always been vegan, right? Mm -hmm. So I've never had one of her cakes, but I just, I like as two people, both of us aren't huge fans of a lot of icing, Mm -hmm. which is why I appreciate the lack of icing on the side. But I think she more than makes up for (laughs) it in in the cake. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And I even respect like when she's making them, like she bakes a rectangular 
sheet pan of mm-hmm. cake and then cuts them into rounds and she uses as much of those rounds in the actual round cake as possible and then she even uses all of the leftover bits in a very creative way so I, even that was so cool to see yeah this is something that i actually really like about her cake making style and maybe it's more common than i realized i don't know but like her just piecemealing a cake together with like little bits and pieces of <laughs> cake like the bottom layer is like halves and then random bits in the middle to fill in the gap uh, like i feel like when any when any if anyone thinks of a cake you think like you need to have the perfect size cake round and you need this and you need this and like everything needs to be perfect but she basically just like puts together a puzzle and it ends up being a cake in the end <laughs> yeah i thought that was so awesome so creative and not being wasteful Hmm. um i will admit i have tried making a cake like that before it did not go well i've also like i hardly make cake so it's just what did, what beginners. went wrong it just didn't look as good like i think my cake it could have been my recipe too i didn't try her recipe Mm. um i don't remember whose recipe or if i just tried to make my own but the cake was pretty crumbly so there was like cake everywhere and like i'm not good at making icing that's one of the things that i'm trying to work on i don't know (laughs) i cannot i cannot get the ratio for a buttercream icing right okay good enough um so yeah i've tried to make them before I didn't have much luck, but I still have like all the materials because I bought all the stuff to make a cake like that. Mm-hmm. And I still have all this stuff. So I still want to do it because they're so pretty. Honestly, after watching the episode, I was like, I want to get like an actual cookie scoop. I want to get some of that acetate and those round cookie cutter or cake cutter things. And I want to make all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, if anything, at least buy the cookie scoop. The cookie scoop is one of the best purchases I've ever made. <laughs> I know I'm just over here using an ice cream scoop (laughs) (laughs) and not cookie scoops are the best not even like an ice cream scoop that has the little piece that scoops it out like an old school metal just plain ice cream scoop (laughs) that's difficult that is difficult to use when making cookies I think I could really up my cookie game I think so too well I I want to make cereal cookies like you should try and make cereal cookies are cornflakes Because she used cornflakes in a lot of stuff. Are cornflakes vegan? I have no idea. I know she uses cornflakes for, like, that's usually the base of most of her cereal milk Mm -hmm. stuff. And then she does, like, random other cereals here and there, too. Um, But I have no idea if cornflakes are vegan. I don't see why they wouldn't be unless they added vitamin D to them. But I don't know. Silliness like (laughs) they do to Rice Krispies. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) That's Um, a previous episode. Yeah. (laughs) Back to the, like, pie. We haven't really talked Mm -hmm. much about her brownie pie. Something that I really liked about that, and it's not a dish that I think I would like because I don't like chocolate and mint together. I know. I'll Um, eat it for you. Don't worry. (laughs) But something that I really liked about that recipe was that it was, like, three different desserts made into one. Like, it (laughs) it was three very common desserts all just combined to make this really strange and uncommon dessert that also looked delicious. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, I want us to, like, make a vegan version of all of those recipes, make it a video. I think it would be so fun. Oh, it would be so much fun. I would love to veganize some of her recipes. And because, like, making that graham cracker crust would be pretty easy. Or they have some pre-made ones at the store that are accidentally vegan. I just can see the potential so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, honestly, that brownie pie looked so good and was one of those. I was like, oh, my God, I've never thought of doing that. That sounds so delicious. I would leave out the mint part just because mint mm-hmm. and chocolate is not my thing. But brownie pie, like, that's amazing. And even, like, her technique of swirling it. Like, even if you left out the mint part, I think you still should make something that you can swirl because it's so pretty mm-hmm. and so fun. Yes, definitely. But I guess, like, of all of her recipes, which ones do you want to veganize or which ones do you want to veganize first? That's so difficult because all of her recipes sound so good. Um, <laughs> I mean, I still, I really do want to make one of her birthday cakes. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, you. I feel like you have to because that's so iconic Christina Tosi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also would like to try the crack pie. Yes. Cause like, it just sounds delicious. Yes. And it looks so good. She made it in chef's table, I think. Yeah. And it just looked so good. Agreed. Um, but honestly, I would veganize any of her recipes and I'm sure they're all delicious. All right. I feel like this is going to be a future video. It's going to be lots of sugar, lots of butter, lots of fun. Yeah. It which one would you want to veganize first? Something cereal milk, I assume. Yeah, definitely something cereal milk. And again, the cakes too. I really want to try a cake. And then the brownie pie with the mint. I'll, I'll try it with the mint. You can try it with it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll come up with like a different drizzle. Even just like a coconut milk type thing or a coconut oh, yeah. drizzle might be delicious. That would look so of good. Mm-hmm. Now, actually, one thing I had never really considered before that she kind of mentions a f- a few times in the episode was the different vanillas that she uses yeah so this is my so vanilla i understand so she uses clear vanilla for birthday cake Mm -hmm. because any other vanilla would tint the cake too like Mm -hmm. it would change the color of it and you want that like very white cake for a birthday cake um i pretty much use the same vanilla for everything and one of the main reasons is because vanilla is expensive right now yes (laughs) like I use artificial vanilla for pretty much everything and it's not because like I necessarily want to use artificial vanilla but it's because vanilla is really expensive Mm -hmm. but I understand the like for a professional baker and all that kind of stuff why you would use different vanillas for different things Mm -hmm. okay I just wanted to ask because I wasn't sure I've never considered the vanillas that much a lot of times like when you're using a clear vanilla it's because you don't want anything to change the color of the product you're making okay but they pretty Um, much taste the same i think so like i think the clear vanilla tastes maybe a little bit more artificial Mm, because it is more artificial but um i i've never really seen that big of a difference unless you're going from artificial to like real vanilla extract Mm -hmm. there is obviously a difference to me it doesn't matter as much like it doesn't matter to the point where i want to spend 40 dollars for a bottle of vanilla (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would rather artificial vanilla in that case. Um, but there is some subtle differences to using different kinds of vanilla for different products. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Thank you so much for your knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, I find baking is like, it's just so much fun because like even just talking about vanilla, something that no one would expect to make a difference in your baked goods and no one this like I feel like most home cooks don't even realize there might be different kinds of vanilla out mm-hmm. there or like the fact that you could use vanilla pods instead of vanilla extract yeah. or you can use a vanilla paste instead of vanilla extract like there's so many different ways you can get creative with your cooking even just by changing up the way you add vanilla flavor to your baked goods gosh and people think of vanilla as being synonymous with like plain and basic it is so not <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and honestly, like vanilla is still one of the best flavors. Like I don't care how basic it is, it is still delicious. I completely agree. <laughs> and now, is it safe to say that you like baking more than you like cooking? 100%. Okay, so what baked good do you want to be like your signature one like she has? Like I really enjoy making cookies. Cookies are one of my favorite things to bake. Um, but I also really enjoy making like a scone or something mm. like that. And I think my scones are really good. Mm-hmm. The ones that I make, I think mm-hmm. they're delicious. Those are my two favorite things to make a scone and, or a cookie and then followed by cinnamon rolls. Oh, so true. Do you have like, if you were to make like a signature cookie, do, what do you think it would be? Or a signature scone? Um, well, okay. So my favorite scone that I've ever made, and I don't think we actually ever released this recipe because I think it was supposed to be in the maple ebook, which hopefully is still coming (laughs) at some point. Um, but I made dark chocolate cranberry scones Mm. and they were one of my favorite things that I've ever made. They are so good. Like Hutch still asks me for them all the time. Wow. And he's a tough critic. Yeah, no, he loved those in the cranberry hand pies are his like two favorite things that I've ever made. Damn. (laughs) Um, those scones are one of my favorite things that I've ever made. They're so delicious. I really, really enjoyed them. And then I also like, I just like my, those chocolate chunk cookies. Like I think my chocolate chunk cookies are really good. Mm -hmm. And I think they're creative without necessarily people realizing they're as creative as they are. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, my favorite thing to get, like to give people is a chocolate chunk cookie because they like taste this and they're like, oh my God, there's potato chips in this <laughs> and there's this. And like, it just like to see their faces is so much fun. Oh, that's so sweet. Get it? it <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, I would say a chocolate chunk cookie and my cranberry, dark chocolate cranberry scone are my two favorite things that I've ever made. Okay, I kind of thought you were going to go with cookies, but I did not think of scones. Yeah, I just like really enjoy, I like a good scone and I think scones are such an easy, like, they're like cookies. You have a basic recipe and then you add different things to it to make them unique and creative. Very true. Very true. But I mean, if I ever like created like a baking business, cookies would be the main thing. I can't wait. It's going to (laughs) happen. One day. (laughs) And if you do, or I mean, when you do, can I just say that like the whole vibe of the shop that they filmed this episode in, I love everything about it. Like the fact that they have like a pegboard of spray painted like kitchen appliances in the background It is all, I just love all of it. I know it's so much fun. And her apron made me want to make aprons again, even though I haven't made aprons (laughs) since I bought fabric two months ago. You should make aprons. (laughs) I I want to make them and then I want to bake in them all day. Yeah. I'm so happy that you've like are as excited about baking as you are. Because I remember you used to be like, not that you aren't still, but you used to be so intimidated by baking. It's true. It's true. Anyone can overcome that fear. Even like this morning I woke up and I was like, I, I got to make something. I need to start my day by making something. So I'm like, I'm making waffles. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same for most people. Like, I understand the anxiety sometimes behind cooking when you don't feel like you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also such a fun way to feel accomplished. Like, in, st- first thing in the morning, making a really good breakfast. Like, it's so, like, it starts the day really nice or what ends the day really nice if you bake cookies at night or something you just feel so good when you make something homemade Mm -hmm. and i wonder if too because sometimes 
the first few baking experiences people have, it's because they're baking something for an event or a party or a get together, right? So there's like that added level of pressure. Whereas if you just start baking on your own for yourself, you also like, if something goes wrong, then it's not as big of a deal. I wonder if that happens a lot. Cause like some of my first baking and some of my most nervous baking is when it's for other people. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think that's something that people need to do more of in general is just baking for themselves. Like I find most people when you're baking, you're baking for your kids mm-hmm. or you're baking for, cause you have a party coming up or whatever it is like just bake for yourself. And it's so much more of a relaxing experience. It definitely can be. I'm here to tell you that you can get to that point where you are relaxed and you're bake when you're baking. yeah i i just think it's such a fun thing to do i wish more people like i think it's been a long time like i think a lot of times people have made baking seem so intimidating and like when you talk about the science behind it it can feel so intimidating because when you say the word science it's scary it's a scary word but like I feel like we should like obviously it's a science and we should remember that but like taking that word away from baking because baking is just such a fun everyday thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I wanted to note which I'm so happy I remember when we started uh, this podcast in particular we were talking about food and I was talking about how like I love baking because you take different things and you create a whole new thing with it and you were so amazed by that like outlook because mm-hmm. like you would never have thought of cooking as necessarily a creative like creative in a sense of like video making or whatever it is yeah and I'm so happy that it seems like you see that so much more now like the creativeness that is cooking and baking and food in general like I find people can often forget that because you just like food I just need lunch I just need this you don't think of it as this like creative art and I'm so happy to see that you like enjoy it so much now oh my goodness Catherine it's like I've had an awakening (laughs) (laughs) I honestly I think food is so much more fun and so it's less intimidating when you realize that food is just art it's a way to express who you are and your creativity and it's not just this like mechanical thing that you just need to get done exactly and like on that note of like I love that quote and like that message behind it but there was a quote that Christina says in the video that I really wanted to discuss with you So she says, I believe that everyone wants to be spoken to on some level. Everyone's in search of connection. And with food, the easiest way to speak to someone is through something they already know. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that kind of, in a way, speaks to a lot of the cooking and the baking that we do since we are usually veganizing things and it's always being compared to non-vegan food, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And like, that's like one of the things we talk about when we're like talking about veganizing food is like veganize your favorite like childhood things first those things that bring you comfort and like are familiar to you because that's like there's I feel like so many people there's such a strong relationship with food that people don't realize they have because it's food Mm -hmm. like you don't think of food as something you have a relationship with but you do because you like memories are tied to certain foods and people are tied to foods and like there's so many things that's just tied to food that like it's one of the most important relationships in your life truly and for some reason we underestimate it so much because i don't know there's all these other things surrounding food that kind of like tarnish that relationship and that magic Mm-hmm. but i love the idea of like it helps build connection and when you just like we all it's 
also common ground in a lot of ways for everybody, right? Well, yeah, like that to the point of like building connection. Like one of the like, you know, when you're meeting someone for the first time, you go on a coffee date or you go to dinner or you do something like so many things happen around food and food is such an easy way to connect with someone because everyone loves delicious food. Doesn't matter what the cuisine is and what your background is. Everyone loves delicious food. Exactly. Now I'm just thinking about like that. I mean, we have all of these ambitious ideas all the time, but like one of them, a show concept we've talked about before is just like cooking with friends, basically, which is pretty much what John's show is. Yeah. Um, But I feel like that's like at the heart of the motivation for that show is because we love that activity and that relationship and that connection. Yeah, like one of the like I love most cooking shows, but like one of the things that I love so much about the chef show is that it's it's as much about food as it is about connecting with people and chatting with people and just hanging out with friends. Mm -hmm. But it also like that aspect of it still doesn't take away from the fact that it's a cooking show. So I just like that's one of the things that I love so much about that show is that it marries those two so well. You learn so much about food and you have this new appreciation for food, but you also get to see like good friends just hang out. And that's so much fun to watch. It is. And even like in this episode, I found it kind of funny sometimes where like Christina would be getting super excited and enthusiastic and like she can get very animated when she's talking about the food stuff. And then you just see Roy in the background just like straight face just being like he's so a different energy than her that it was such a funny contrast one of my favorite things about roy is whenever he like tries food he's like yeah that's good (laughs) that's like that's like everything he says and i'm just like i love like you can tell he likes the food Mm -hmm. he he gets very excited about food but it's in so it's in much fewer words Mm -hmm. than most other people like john's talking about food and he gets really excited about it you can see it on his face and he talks a lot about it and then Roy's just like yeah this is really good (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it's such it's I find John and Roy have such a good like it's such an interesting friendship because like they feel very opposite Mm -hmm. but somehow it works yeah exactly also one of my favorite things about the show and not related to the Christina Tosi episode at all I was watching the rest of the season too yesterday Mm -hmm. and like One of my favorite things about Roy and learning from Roy, the chef in the show, is basically that, like, like Roy teaches a lot of techniques, but he's also not, like, this stickler for rules. Mm. Like, he'll be like, you know, John will be like, don't we do this? And he's like, yeah, you could, but you could just do this instead. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I just, like, like, John will say things that Roy has taught him to do, and then Roy just, like, skips that step because he's like, we don't need to do it. It's fine. (laughs) I feel like I would totally be John in that and like between the two of us because i'm like still new so i'm like yeah we just gotta follow this perfectly and you're just like <laughs> yeah it's it honestly kind of feels like our relationship in the sense of food where like i just kind of do things without really even thinking about it and then like john is very calculated because he's still in his like learning stages where he's trying he's still very new to food even though it's been years mm-hmm. that he's been learning he's still very very new to food and still i think has some reservations about his like skill in kitchen in the kitchen oh my gosh um, so relatable <laughs> but like one of the things also that i really like about john favreau in particular is that he has his reservations about his skill but he's also not afraid to try anything yeah like he will do every like one of the things that like 
I get so nervous by when I'm like learning a new technique is like everyone fears get being embarrassed or doing Mm -hmm. something wrong like that's such a natural human thing to fear and I find that sometimes it can hold me back from trying new things especially around people that are skilled in it Mm -hmm. and like John has like none of that he wants to try everything yeah and because you can just tell that he has this curiosity to learn and so that just kind of overpowers any fear of being wrong and I think I like that so much about the show too it honestly I find it actually like builds my confidence I'm like man like I want to be like John like I know I have so much to learn about food but like I John is just so willing to learn and so willing to make mistakes in order to learn Mm -hmm. that I find most people aren't Mm mm-hmm as you can tell, we highly recommend the show. Now, we should know, obviously, it's not vegan cooking. So there there may be things or recipes that you might be uncomfortable watching. But honestly, the show is so good. And you can still learn so much from it if you put the non-vegan stuff aside. Mm-hmm. There is so much in that show that you can s- still learn from and still even take those techniques and apply it to vegan food instead. Um the show was literally a wealth of knowledge and it's so entertaining yeah and just so well done even watching it sometimes i like try to understand the editing process because i'm like thinking well how long would they have shot this for how are they cutting this down and everything i don't know i just love all of it same with chef's table honestly yeah those two shows are some of my favorites like i find chef's table um depending on the episode and depending on the chef and who like shot the episode and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff I do find like they each episode has a different kind of feeling Mm -hmm. and chef's table can feel almost a little um I'm trying to think of not accessible to most people oh yeah sometimes it goes like further into the side of like art and sometimes it feels more like the everyday but just presented in the very beautiful chef's table style does that make sense yeah no 100% that and like I find the chef show is 100% approachable even when they're doing like really high technique things Mm -hmm. and sometimes they have on like other chefs like they had Christina and sometimes they have on like just celebrity friends of John's Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's a really fun show and if you're okay with watching a show that's not vegan uh we would both highly recommend it yeah and I think especially now cooking in real life and maybe even cooking shows too are very good um escape medium Mm-hmm. from the world so this was a very fun conversation and such a fun watch yeah it's it's so much fun yeah if you're like if you're not gonna watch the full episode i would or the show i would recommend the christina tosi episode because mm-hmm. it is such a fun episode to watch um and because it doesn't really involve meat that much so you don't have to get like you'll see eggs and stuff but at least it's not like you're seeing meat or anything like that so if you're gonna watch one episode the christina tosi one is a good one to watch definitely and maybe you'll see us make some of her recipes vegan on our channel because it really sounds like we want to should we do that for because we have a whatever wednesday on my birthday coming up should we try and make the birthday cake oh my goodness yes Catherine, that sounds perfect okay so we'll we are planning to do that. Hopefully nothing changes, but we're planning to do that for end of November-ish. Wow, you heard it here first. Our podcast listeners get so many exclusive insights. <laughs> Sometimes too much. Too much. <laughs> I also feel like that is going to be a shit show of an episode trying to recreate that birthday cake. I think people like that about our episodes sometimes. 
yeah no i'm very excited to try and recreate this <laughs> all right well that's gonna be it for this episode of the podcast we hope you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes you can find our recipes and our kitchen shenanigans on youtube <laughs> under two market girls or on our blog at twomarketgirls.com we're also two market girls on all of the socials so you can chat with us there and all that fun stuff and um that's gonna be it thanks for listening yeah i'm i'm gonna go bake now i was just gonna say are we gonna go make cookies right now let's go mm-hmm.